0: Abolition. Abolition. Today. So Abolition. I'm just saying today that
1: you need to do two
0: things. It's very important that you do these two things. One, get
2: your language right. Call it what it is. That is so important. Get your language right. When you start calling it what it is, that helps you to understand what you're dealing with, and the people around you, you can have a clearer understanding of what they're talking about. And the other thing is to change your mind. Change your mind. Revolution doesn't start in the streets. It starts in your mind. Change your mind about what you're dealing with. Start calling it slavery. Start acting like it's slavery. Start talking to your congressmen and your senators and your prosecutors when you say to them, we want to end this problem. And he says, what problem? You don't say mass incarceration. You don't say over-criminalization. You
1: say slavery. And they say, what slavery?
3: Read the 13th Amendment PressureOnline.com
2: I call a
4: spade a spade, it's straight up slavery So-called ended, extended to the third degree Involuntary servitude, I ain't get it. Sitting to a five with a ten and i did it i'm in the 13th if real freedom exists reparations can't give back what i've missed home on parole just calculated the risk so it's back to the blocks with them dimes and nicks recidivism trying to paralyze the energy suppress the ambitions of a black man listen i'm fed up still walk with my head up and lead by example
5: something most men can't do that prison labor wouldn't wish that on my worst neighbor Oppression. In the truest form, results the poor behavior, and it occurs on the norm. Swarm like them bees in the trees, define unity and power all affected. Let's build our community.
4: TP. <laughs> Slavery, the 13th Amendment. 96 crime bill, we mostly defend Broken descendants, your folk reap the benefits. The humanizer, brother, so we won't reach the census. Three-fifths, is he part of the population?
2: We pissed, we started an operation. The premise, will argue it's not a racist
4: system. While we mass be incarcerated, the facts to be hard to face it. Try to practice the art of patience. Black and brown, we always sanction. Uh cheap labor need larger payment. Crack every sentence with the lifers It's opioid and now we got a crisis
2: Yeah the American flag to be tagged with three marks of the sixes Cause they used to hang us in the park by the fences Don't care about the suffixes or prefixes Slavery never was
6: abolished, they remixed it The proclamation was a prop for the clan. They freed us, but with no crops and no land So they did free labor when they let us see in the can Cause we were sourced to grind when trying to feed the fans. Had brushes with the law, stay consistent Been arrested 14 times, no conviction Futurism came out swinging, Sonny listen. And I represented myself, that boy different My folks built this country, how we lazy And we bringing all of the culture, cause we wavy Me work for 33 cents, you must be crazy The government wants some of my time, they got to pay
5: me Michelle Alexander with the new Jim Crow Saw Ava's 13th and I was like, go Black codes, they weren't codified. Involuntary
4: servitude, I was victimized. So I became the sharecropper. Couldn't pay the fee, live a life of vagrancy. Couldn't pay the debt of a sharecropper, and now I'm in the penitentiary. I need that real emancipation. No slavery, don't exploit my situation. No progress without struggle, like vote. In November's ballot question, thanks to be both. Hurt the bottom line of them corporations No more making money off incarceration I'm in the 13s with no hesitation So I can talk about my mule and my reparations Uncles and fathers snatched out of the home uh, Leaving mothers and children all alone Taking collect calls over they telephones And for black people, such a familiar song Not a crack baby, but was born in the 80s Reagan made a deal to keep my family having great needs Seven uncles most of them were doing time, all was a flash before my eyes, we don't say she nope. Got no man so most of my homies take pleas Get released to keep do freedom, gotta pay fees See the orange uniform, is for the worst team Coming for the bottom, play it off like an A-B Rules like potato salamander, who made these? Well, of every four in prison, skin is like me Like me, decades after they implemented the 13th Numb to the pain like we chugging Malibu Bay. <laughs>
2: Ponte o de tu espíritu, prende te queda dentro viene tu luz, alumbra ilumina tu camino. Vive tu vida, tienes un destino, oíeme y coge de este consejo, tú eres libre desde tu creación, deja que tu existencia y tu presencia, exultan amor y
7: alumbre la tierra, y ay, cómo nos vamos a elevar, no hay que sufrir y no hay que llorar, me enseña hacia adelante como un elefante, pa'lante en la lucha y echamos pa'lante,
2: no es verdad si no es en libertad, no es verdad si no es en libertad.
6: Before Christopher sailed the harbor His story
4: that he tells He just tells a monster And even in those tales of his story They don't ever talk about How they came to conquer What about the old Wisdom of the toe text, gold tip arrow arrowheads to stretch him like a bow flex. Powers in the march, the artists in the protest. Jim Crow laws that you can hang up by the throat next. 13th Amendment, the dirt is extensive. Based on principles, some folks need suspension. Even the school systems will school you to miss this. And this is how I move, how I move with the business. This is
1: endless.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
1: You just heard a clip from yours truly during a speech I gave at the Path to Freedom from Modern Slavery event, which was organized by the People's Justice Project on July 29th in 2016, Columbus, Ohio. That was followed by the brand new hip hop release, Amend the 13th Cypher, with a music video to go with it. A project spearheaded by Amend the 13th New Jersey lead organizer and Abolish Slavery National Network member, Dennis Febo. You remember Dennis from a couple of times he's been on the program. They set the bar out there in New Jersey. Now get your city and state to take the challenge. Challenge. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific, Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org. My name is Max Pardis. I'm joined by my co-host, Yusuf Hassan. Peace, brother Yusuf. What's happening, fam?
5: Hey, peace, Max. Peace and blessings be upon you and upon our entire listening audience. I am charged, man. Let's get it. I know.
1: I know. It's been a heck of a week, man. Last week, we discussed human trafficking and warehousing bodies, which occurs under today's system of legalized slavery through the prison industry. Today, we reflect on trading ink for blood, black codes, crime bills, plea deals, and slavery loopholes, a nation of laws where the pen does far more damage than the sword. We'll cover current events, past events, we'll honor our ancestors, update you on national efforts, and premiere, as you can see, a couple of amazing music tracks like what you just heard. We've also got poetry on the Attica Massacre by Richard Pryor and Muhammad Ali. But before we do that, as always, let's go ahead and check in with Brother Yusuf and see how his week has been and what he thought of that intro.
5: You know, Max, for that intro, man, like, thing that we've been talking about is in the lyrics of that song. And the brothers captured it. You know, every aspect of the loophole within the 13th Amendment and I applaud them. I'm a hip-hop head. They put a lot of tracks in there that are, like, you know, among my top ten of tracks. So that was also <laughs> uh-huh. great along with it, you know. And as far as my week, I've had a very busy week. You know, uh, the semester has started back at Columbia University. with a great new uh, influx of students for this coming semester. And if you recall, last week I mentioned to you about the reentry simulation, And so I heard back from the directors of that program, and they want me to be involved in it as far as doing some things for coding. So I should have some big announcements coming up soon behind that as well, because with all the work that we're doing, we know if we crunch the numbers, we know there's going to be a huge number of people eventually coming home. And it's great to have programs like that available. So I've had a great week. It's very busy. And, you know, it really ends here on Sundays. So <laughs> yep. glad to be here, man.
1: Yo, I've been hanging out with some people that love to use acronyms. So let me say it like this. You're about to be laid. The uh, <laughs> lead abolitionist in, in uh, direction. <laughs> mm, so, I like that. So yeah, man, I know you and Columbia are getting along well And there's a lot of great things gonna come out of Columbia University Thanks to the efforts that you're involved in now um, We got some a lot of stuff going on this week on my end, man uh, I'll go down them real quick But uh, you want to make the announcement for what's going to happen later today?
5: Sure uh, I'm definitely pleased to announce that we'll be joined for a while By New York abolitionist Tag Harmon And also Utah congressional candidate Josh Bowden, who's going to be running on an abolitionist platform, so really looking forward to that
1: Awesome, man, me too You know, I had a conversation with the Queen Mother of Benin, and also with Maine's first Black woman representative, Democratic State Representative for Maine, House 40, Rachel Talbot Ross, it was a wonderful conversation, they had heard about the Abolish Slavery National Network and wanted to know more, so a friend of mine, uh, Brother Sean Darling, hooked me up with a conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, it was incredibly fruitful. And these were two people who I didn't have to explain much about slavery abolition, too. They understood what was going on, like many other people do. They wanted to know how they can help, what they can do to bring their resources to the uh, table. And uh, that was really wonderful to hear, and especially speaking to uh, Queen Mother. woo! <laughs> so we're going to follow mm. up on that conversation. And it's very soon you'll be seeing endorsements coming out of both of them. Uh, I put the information up on Abolition Today's Facebook page if anybody wants to see who I'm talking about. Then uh, also, just this past Thursday, we launched Live from the Plantation. That was awesome. It was the day after the Attica anniversary. uh, And this is a program coming through Abolition Today that is completely prisoner or inmate produced, inmate controlled, inmate content provided and make music it's it's just all them it's their voices saying what they want to say and they are behind this movement a thousand percent and organizing uh, on a grander scale than you can imagine if you think the mm.
2: 2017
1: and 18 national prison labor work strikes was something wait till you see the, what they got planned now so that's awesome man uh, i'm proud of these brothers they put it together really a powerful is. show Go to abolitiontoday.org And look up live from the plantation Uh, You'll see right at the top of the list there
8: Uh,
1: yesterday Was my sister's memorial I remember back on July 19th When we got the news while I was on the air here Because of the COVID circumstance Where, you know, people aren't even able to Bury their dead when they're supposed to So, we had her memorial Yesterday, and I just want to send My love out to my family And to her kids, uh you know, in this time. Anyway, keep it Absolutely. Moving, I also was in, uh am in contact with Kenneth B. Morris Jr. He is the great times three grandson of Frederick Douglass. And the brother is a modern day slavery abolitionist. He's in connection with the Abolished Slavery National Network and uh, also We'll be working with him through the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center By providing him content On modern slavery abolition So this is awesome man Hooked up with the descendant of Frederick Douglass That whole family is number modern abolitionists. Because remember the kids just came out with a video About what is the 4th of July To the Negro And that was the, the the babies that was doing that one Right Um. Yeah that was pretty awesome So I'm looking forward to uh, communicating with Brother Kenneth B. Morris Jr. Uh, in the future. And if we're lucky, man, we'll also be talking to descendants of Harriet Tubman, uh, who, who we want to reach out to. Uh, we believe that they would want to get on board with what we're doing as well. So these things are growing like that. We had a meeting with the Abolished Slavery National Network just a few days ago to discuss how fast things are going, how rapidly it's growing. It's, a, it's an idea whose time has come, right, Yusuf?
5: Absolutely. It's definitely come.
1: Yes, and the beautiful thing is because it's a truth, it's a fact, you don't have to go explaining it to everybody. As soon as they hear about it, they usually come to the same conclusions and the same conclusions on how to solve the problem. And that's how truth works. It, it explains itself. All you got to do is tell it. So uh, Brother Dennis Feebo recently created a how-to video for state activists to insert – so they can understand how to insert – Anti-slavery language into their state Constitutions much like we're about to do here In South Carolina if you're listening And you're interested in uh, Trying to do that with your state Then contact us and we'll Shoot you the video Um, And last man we got some major Endorsements for the national Organization that just came out A couple of days ago Uh, March on Jamelia Land uh, she came Out with the official announcement that March On is the fiscal sponsor of the Abolition Abolish Slavery National Network. And then also California Senator Stephen Bradley endorsed the Abolish Slavery National Network and their efforts to amend the 13th. So before we keep it moving, let's go ahead and play both of those endorsements. They are very short. All right?
0: Okay, cool. Abolition. 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 My name
8: is Jamelia Land and I'm an executive board member of March On, a 501 organization focused on harnessing the grassroots energy of mass mobilizations to create political power. March On supports and resources hundreds of local affiliates and organizers nationwide, mobilizes our network for national campaigns, and partners with other progressive organizations on joint initiatives. Since our inception, we have fundamentally shifted the balance of power by moving millions in the streets and to the polls. We believe that when we all move together in the same direction, we grow our power exponentially. Today, I am pleased to announce that March On Foundation is the proud fiscal sponsor for Abolish Slavery National Network, a national coalition fighting to abolish constitutional slavery and involuntary servitude in all forms for all people. This coalition is important to me because I believe wholeheartedly with Kamal Allen, community organizer of Together Colorado, when he stated, slavery was an abomination that continues to shape the Black American experience today. And we see this in the persistence of systemic racism that leads to Black Americans being disproportionately arrested, tried, and convicted of crimes when compared to white Americans. While the criminal justice system must be purged of systemic racism, we must also ensure that the foundational documents of our country and our states do not continue to enshrine slavery as a means to extend this shameful legacy of racism so we can move towards a more equitable future.
0: Abolition. Abolition. Today. Abolition. Today. Well, Abolition. that was Jamilia Land uh, from the March
1: On Foundation. Uh, that's wonderful to hear, man. The official announcement is out. <laughs> you know? Uh, any commentary uh, you uh, play t- the next one?
5: 21 Gun Salute. You know, thank you, Jamila. Thank you, uh, March On. Thank you, Eve Hurwitz. And the entire organization We're just grateful of that
1: Right, exactly Well let me go ahead and play Senator Stephen Bradford What he had to say California.
2: Okay And as so I'm coming to bother you again huh? Say hi to you. Hey, what's happening people? <laughs> Who are you? Who <laughs> oh, are you? Know, right. I'm, I'm Senator <laughs> Steve
0: Bradford <laughs> And I represent the state of California And I'm just going to ask I'm happy to participate in this powerful rally today about uh, senseless police killing of black and brown people throughout the state of California, throughout the country. So I think all of us uh, and uh, just as
2: coalition well as the work that they're doing and, and keeping the fight up, well, It's not killing us. I have a question for you. Is
0: everybody else interviewed you. Uh, how do you
2: feel about removing the from the language in California constitution?
0: It, it should be. It's long overdue again. When we look at all the history of this country, this state, it's, it's people rooted in exploitation of people of color, and enslaving, and that's what 13th Amendment about, even incarceration. I mean, we have mass incarceration because it's, a, yeah. you know, of slavery. So. I'm going to come, and I'm going to bug you. You always bug me. I know, but that's what I love.
2: That's what
0: you do. Yeah, I'm going to no, bug you, and we're going to talk about removing you,
2: right? All right, we'll okay. talk okay. about whatever you want yeah. to talk about. All right, All right. Yeah. Thank, thank you for coming. I'm going Thank you. You going to stay out here in the heat for a little while? No, no.
1: Some of that California love, love. Senator Stephen Bradford out there. That's awesome.
5: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love hearing stories like that.
1: You know it's time, it's our time, and then when I say, "Oh, I mean people who want freedom from freaking slavery," <laughs> and it's so embedded right. in every aspect of American life uh, that you know doesn't matter what you're talking about, correlation that you can you can see and show with any of our issues that we're dealing with today. I mean, I like to look at the systems that we're dealing with as like a three-legged stool, and one of its legs is slavery and human trafficking. It it supplies a lot of power It supplies a lot of resources A lot of control is involved with society A lot of things are connected to Mm -hmm. that And if you take that power away Guess what happens to the stool Hmm. But you know It is what it is man Uh, We got some stuff that is about to come up too In the uh, near future Uh, You want to tell us a little bit about those things?
5: Sure The first thing is the Free the 13th National Rally From August 26th until August 30th, it's actually being held by PLUS, Positive Leaders, United in Solidarity. And again, that's October 26th at 4 p.m. until October 30th at 4 p.m. The first four days will be online. They will be having uh, those incarcerated speaking and strong speakers on the outside. And the fifth day, they will be doing a march through your local neighborhoods handing out flyers while they'll also be marching to make people aware of the 13th amendment and why we need to get it abolished. And when they say abolished, of course, they mean repealed and replaced, or we could say amended in every state, but when it comes to the federal government, we know that that's repeal and replace. And so that's one of the things that's coming up. We have the Harvard September Divestment campaign i don't actually Know the date on that one max do you happen To know the date on that
1: um yeah The flyer is up on our programming Page i'll get it out uh, to the public But i do know that i will Be delivering part of the oral Arguments on the 29th It is a lawsuit against harvard As well as an attempt to Have them divest from for-profit prisons So there they asked me to be one Of the panel members to deliver the oral Arguments against harvard and that's happening on the 29th of September. But throughout the month, there's events regarding Harvard and the issue of slavery.
5: That's awesome. And we see the the example that was set by Columbia University, which is why I'm so big on Columbia University and why I talk about it so much, because not only have they been... Leading the charge for divestment, but they've actually used their resources to allow programs to be established within the university that deal with racial injustice and social activism. And of course, with me there now, everything I talk about is the 13th Amendment and the slavery loophole. So, so that's also at Columbia University right now.
1: <laughs> Words. Uh, Another
5: thing I want to mention, yeah, man, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, Decarcerate Louisiana. They're having a rally to end slavery in the Louisiana criminal justice system. This will be Wednesday, October 28th at 11 a.m. at Louisiana's capital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So that's huge within itself. And this is why we do the things that we do, Max, because... Those that are on the front lines, those that are being enslaved, they're leading these rallies. They're leading these movements. And so, why not get involved with it? Because no one knows slavery more than someone that's being enslaved. You know, they're right there uh, dealing with it at the time. And we also have, well, I mentioned the positive leaders uplifting solidarity along with the Free the 13th movement. Am I missing one? I feel as though I'm missing an announcement. I guess I could take a moment just to remind everyone of Live from the Plantation airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. right here on abolitiontoday.org. Again, hearing the voices of those who are being oppressed. So... Tune into that, it's every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time Because I myself even forgot that Mm -hmm. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time So those are some of the updates that I have, Max
1: Well, that's awesome, man I'm just glad that that we live in a time when such updates are able to be put out there Like, you know, when we started this back over a decade ago um, There was nothing really to talk about and now everybody's out there doing their thing I'm loving it, man uh, We got a yeah, bunch man. of stories, too, tonight We want to get into Some of them are really important, very powerful And it all relates to slavery and human trafficking In the 21st century As we know it through this 13th Amendment So let's go right into it I want to start out, Yusef With a audio of an Arkansas County Sheriff Todd Wright Where he was going mm-hmm. off on his pregnant girlfriend because she dared to talk to a black man in a supermarket. Now this is a sheriff who you'll be hearing. And that'll be followed by Dr. Bernice King, uh, daughter of Martin Luther King Jr., and she'll give you a breakdown
0: of what it is that you're dealing with. We'll be right back after this. Abolition. Abolition. Abolition.
2: I'm fucking you not I'm not Every, every motherfucker in that store, you got to talk to the fucking three-blocked-ass nigger. Right there in front of me, like y'all fucking figure I didn't buddies. think it was a big deal. Yeah, it is a big fucking deal. deal. Well, people fucking see me and see you talking to fucking niggers. And I they know
9: that. What we continue to witness, I believe, is the result of a system Uh, that was built on slave patrols, that that was designed to violate, dehumanize, and destroy black people and black bodies. Um, And it's not really just bad apples as some of us would like to believe. There's a system in place. There's a system based on a white supremacy hierarchy that has no value for black lives. And until we address that system um, from all uh, angles, um, I'm not sure if we're not going to continue to witness uh, what we are uh, witnessing, um, because there's this presumpt- presumption in our um, society of innocence as it relates to law enforcement. You know, I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. And um, it, it is not an easy pathway forward. There is no quick fix solution. You're dealing with systems and you're dealing with people. We have to be determined that we're going to stay focused on getting this country to focus its attention on creating justice for all of its citizens and especially Black people, realizing that even if we respond, or I call it react violently, it still does not solve the problem. Violence never gets to the root of the problem. This is something that has to be uprooted out of our society. Daddy said that if we, and he said this in 67 in his book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos of Community. If we do not pursue justice in this nation, if we do not make it a priority, in fact, he said, we will continue to uh, see social tension grow and turbulence in the streets persisting. And that is exactly what is happening.
0: Abolition. 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 Once again, that started out with
1: Arkansas County Sheriff Todd Wright. While he was a sheriff, speaking to his girlfriend who dared to speak to a black man in a supermarket. And it was followed by Dr. Bernice King, who told us what we're dealing with here. A presumption of innocence amongst police and even quoting her father, saying that if we do not make this justice issue a priority, things are only going to get worse. And you see that happening. You see?
5: She's absolutely right. And I mean, first, starting with the sheriff, I'm not surprised by it. You know, what I'm surprised by is the attorney general of the United States, William Barr, says that there's no racism in law enforcement. That's what surprises me (laughs) The statements by That sheriff You know Probably the sentiment is carried Amongst many in uniform But if we just take him He's the sheriff He's the top cop in a county He's the boss And so When you have some incident That has to go before him Where he and his cronies Are the ones making the Decisions as to What happens with this case Then we understand how The injustice is carried out Because you have the decision makers Carrying Racism amongst them And we've played all kinds of clips On this program And many that we didn't play You know of These hot mic incidents And it goes up and down The force The The uh, I believe the Attorney General's office, you know, under Eric Holder or Loretta Lynch, I'm not sure which one it was, but they found, you know, that it's prevalent amongst police departments across the country, racism. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I'm more surprised by the Attorney General saying that this stuff doesn't even exist. And he probably have a way to talk that talk that down.
1: I would demand <clears throat> right here and now That uh, the Arkansas uh, Department of Justice investigate not only this sheriff But his entire department Mm -hmm. For bias, racism, abuse There could be bodies somewhere right now Because of this man There could be people who are completely innocent Behind bars because of this man He is very clearly a racist And has always been a racist So he is applying that racism in his life As you heard and he'll also be applying it at work So you got we got to look into that uh, It's a demand We're making here today Mr. Max M. Right. M. Parthas said And you should say Better do it <laughs>
5: That's yeah, right. that's right, you better do it
1: So you know <laughs> The education that we provide here Is a wake up call really Like we said, we're just telling the truth And people go from there And that's being fought against All the way up to the top The president recently Uh, on Sunday said he would implore the Department of Education to investigate schools using the New York Times 1619 Project, which teaches American history beginning with the arrival of slaves to Virginia in the year 1619 and focuses on the contributions of blacks everywhere. California has implemented the 1619 Project into the public schools. Soon you won't recognize America, a Twitter user claimed in a tweet on September 1st. Five days later, on Sunday, the president tweeted the message, writing, the "Department of Education is looking in at this. If so, they will be defunded." <laughs> wow, you, you can't teach about slavery, right? But in Texas, they got those books out there that call uh, people who were enslaved. Uh, what do they say? Them unwilling Im- immigrants,
2: <laughs> migrant workers,
1: migrant, <laughs> migrant workers. workers. Oh my God, <sighs> we got to face this. Yeah, that's we, coming, we, we coming from the this. president. Um, I know Coming we got from our the guests, president Our guest is on the line and, and I just want to give you a heads up uh, If that is our guest please press one on your Keypad we'll be bringing you in shortly So I just want to make sure that it's the right person we are bring in so if you're tuning in brother Tag just press one on your keyboard And we'll be bringing you in shortly we just want to cover One or two more of these stories real quick um, I think I'm going to hold on to The felony disenfranchisement Efforts because that needs a little bit of Talking about you know what I mean Yusuf Mm-hmm. Uh and I will go right. straight to the armed militias. Uh we're seeing them everywhere now. They've gotten a green light, right. just like with the Aubrey case, you know, uh Maude Aubrey case. So it's even so much worse now that I've seen uh caravans full of these Trump supporters slash racist slash uh Nazis driving by shooting mm-hmm. citizens with paintball guns. Just shooting at them. And the president was celebrating this activity. Same thing with uh, the kid, the 17-year-old that shot people. Again, being put forward as a hero. I think they raised nearly like half a million dollars for his defense already. So these armed militias have a green light right now. You know, I'm not an advocate of violence, violence, but I'm going to say this. Come up in here and see what happened. And I suggest to everybody listening, make sure you have a way to protect your family. Don't go looking for trouble. But if trouble comes, be prepared.
5: You sounded like Brother Malcolm right now. You know I'm loving that. <laughs> you sounded like Brother Malcolm right now. You know, but uh, the one of the most disturbing things I saw this week was an armed militia marking, marching through the streets. I don't recall what state it was, but it could be anywhere USA. And they were marching through the streets with their Trump signs and their American flags. And they were marching towards a BLM protest, and they were yelling, USA, USA. And the image that it was portraying was that they are America. Anyone else is not America, but just them. And they're marching through with their guns. And the other group, it was maybe about... I don't know, it was it was a very small number Representing the other side And they weren't intimidated or anything But you have these people that are just getting really bold They're coming out of the woodworks And they're trying to make themselves out to be The true Americans No one else is American unless you support their ideology And so, yeah, you're absolutely right Protect yourself People have to gotta, start protecting themselves. You got to. Sorry.
1: Uh, no, I'm saying yeah, you, have, you to. have to. It's that time. You have to. It's not because anything we're doing. Yeah, you have to. This is what they're doing, and you got to be prepared, uh, one way or another. You know, it could happen to your babies. They, you know, don't complain about what's happening in Chicago. Look at this. This is about. This could be a civil war at any moment. All you need is one side come out with their arms and guns, and the other side come out with the same thing, and it's a powder keg. Just that easy. So anyway, one yep. of the story I want to get in and I want to bring in our guests is what I read about what's happening uh in Saint Louis Obispo and Santa Barbara counties. Uh there's an article that came out from the New Times L O dot com. It's titled Medical mm-hmm. Gift to Prison Labor for Prescription Eyewear. And it says Saint Louis Obispo and Santa Barbara Barbara counties Managed medical cal Plan, SenCal Health, that strips away all coverage of private prescription eyewear in favor of glasses produced by state prisoners. Late last year, the DHCS unilaterally informed the agency that starting January 1, 2020, SenCal would have to use the California Prison Industrial Authority or Cal PIA. For all of its eyewear fabrication benefits they, they ordered a company To use nothing but prison labor To manufacture their glasses And then I find out that this industry In California's prison labor industry Is their third largest uh, profitable industry Right behind um, license plates <laughs> Wow Wow like, you are mandating people use slavery. And if you don't do it, they start to take away all their funding.
5: That's unbelievable. Well, no, I have to stop saying it's unbelievable. It's believable. What's unbelievable is it's being done out in the open. That they know many people are so disconnected from slavery and thinking that it doesn't exist. It's. You know, the 13th Amendment uh, abolished slavery and the Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves, and that was the end of it. And everything was all good, and everybody just pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and blah, 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 blah. And the Irish were treated more harshly than slaves. You know, all the things that we've heard over time. But in reality, this is what's going on.
1: This is what's going on. Day after day after day prisoner made objects and as a matter of fact that's what my brother tag wants to talk about so i'm gonna go ahead and bring him in and what i understand he brought another guest with him so i'll leave it up to tag to introduce him but tag welcome to abolition today tag is one of the hosts of new abolitionist radio on the black talk radio network he's also an abolitionist and activist in new york uh where he's been working with uh a number of the people who have been accused of being Gang members and were unjustly incarcerated uh, Helping to get them out Throwing them parties when they did get out Providing resources and help and assistance For families that were being destroyed by these gang laws uh, What's up Tag, how you doing brother?
7: Peace, peace Y'all can hear me okay? Yes sir, we can hear yes, you Yes okay. sir, peace, welcome Greatly appreciated And just, just feeling, you know, what's going on With this, with this entire uh, broadcast and, and all of the projects that y'all outlined and just the overall abolitionist work that's going on. And uh as you as you mentioned, uh my comrade uh is also on the line with us. So I, ideally she's unmuted as well.
1: Peace and welcome to abolition today, Adiana. Pleasure to have you here.
7: Hi
10: y'all, can you hear me?
1: Yes, ma'am. We yes can hear we you. can. Welcome. Right. Well um, thank having me
10: here too.
1: It's it's good. It's certainly good. Uh Tell us a little bit about what you're working on now, Tag uh, and Adriana, and um, you know wh- how we can help and how our audience can help as well.
7: So I can start on this, and just whenever you'd like, if you want to just uh, continue on or, or make sure that I'm I'm not overlooking anything. But uh, we yeah we wanted to talk with you about the non PMO project. And, you know, you just mentioned the, this development about the glasses being produced on the inside in California. And you, tragically, this is what we see all throughout the country, as, as you all well know. And so the glasses, you know, the glasses production is something that also we, we see a lot here, uh, you know, locally. And you have uh, these flavor organizations like Cord uh, you know, producing glasses, producing, as you mentioned, license plates, trash cans, and, uh, you know, just uh, countless items and services, et cetera, on the inside. And obviously, these are heads that are enslaved under legalized slavery in the 13th Amendment. And so their labor exploitation is that much deeper than that of all of us, you know, up under this uh, slavery-based capital system. So uh, the non-PMO project, which you can find online at prisonmadeobject.info is about making sure that more of us are aware of these heinous practices, how foul it is that the 13th Amendment is allowing heads to be exploited in this way. And we're really zeroing in on the question of labor on the inside, uh, in part because we know that even as more and more of us become aware that the 13th amendment allows for slavery, it, it, it doesn't always connect up in practice as far as what that really means. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors around what that really means practically on the ground. And so we wanted to make sure that this question of enslaved uh, labor on the inside was brought, brought that much more clearly in, in the public awareness. And uh, also that those of us on the outside get a closer sense of just how close it is to us, how how enslaved labor and enslaved practices are touching our lives every day. Just like you mentioned with the glasses, it could be on our faces, it could be, you know, it's all around us, it's in the schools. And so uh, that's what a non-PMO project uh, is about in in rough contours. And uh, Deanna, perhaps you can uh, help flesh some of that out for me. Please.
10: Yeah, and yeah, we define uh, a prison-made object as any service or item that is manufactured or maintained uh, inside this new plant, like the new plantation, which is prison. And um, to what you all were saying, we need to call it what it is, right? Because the truth mm-hmm. is, is the beginning of what will set us free. And we know that this is a continuation of the project of, of slavery that is one of the legs that you mentioned. So we need to call it what it is, and starting from connecting the dots of how us on the outside are are embedded in in the scheme of slavery uh, uh, that we see right now, and yeah, and and it it all looks very different. And part of the the difficulty of like fighting it is like we don't have information about how. How it really looks like, because we know censorship and retaliation and violence within the prison plantation is very real, and so we we are really trying to to tackle how do we find that, like raise not only awareness but really put um, numbers and and stories to and visuals to what is going on inside, knowing that we have all these. Um, barriers and impediments and violence that keeps us from being able to do so. Even even if we wanted to to go the routes of the institutions, like we know that they they have they are compromised. And even like if we wanted Colombia to do it, you know, like they have mm-hmm. to abide by all these like um enslavers and, and, and these um rules made by by the system, by the game, you know, and and, and our attempt is to like take it Outside of that, by the people, and some somehow like build a collective people's abolitionist archive through this work that is continuous. You know, um, so this came out of our I Walk NYC. Uh, Isn't this project is independent of I NYC? So the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee, but we want to acknowledge that it came through the study group that we had uh, inside I Walk, um, and it's an inside outside study group and. Through through this um, key, um, you know, like we mentioned, education is key. <laughs> and through the the different people like uh, that we were reading, these questions always came up. Well, we know we're still enslaved. We're still enslaved. Like the slavery is happening now, so it it was a, a a clear a clear um to to addressing what we were talking about in uh, inside that study group uh, so it came through that clear recognition that those experiencing the full weight of everyday slavery are the most equipped and to really talk about the connections and and link up um and, and link up the the dots that us on the outside need to link up um so yeah uh, i don't know
1: That's fantastic work, man. As always, uh, on top of it, I'm sure. And a big shout-out to IWOC. They've been an ally in this fight now for some years that I'm aware of. Uh, Happy to hear that uh, they're making their resources available to you to be able to use in order to get more attention to this issue. And I, I really think that's going to be a big thing, the attention itself. Once you put the truth out there, it's hard to put it back into the bottle. And with March On Foundation behind uh, the Abolished Slavery National Network, I got a feeling that's going to happen very soon. Um, one of the things that I spoke to Representative Rachel Ross out of Maine was her concern there is prison labor. There are prisoners in Maine are subject to uh, prison work groups, and they're doing all different kinds of jobs, but they're getting pennies on the dollar. And she's uh, very interested in solving that problem, just like you guys are as well. Let me ask you, uh tag, what is your opinion on prison labor? Is it always slavery to you, or are there times when people should have the opportunity to be able to be able to make a decent wage even while in prison? greatly
7: appreciating that question because it speaks to a lot of some of our discussions from early on and until today, just how complex and gnarled, you know, this issue is of, of enslaved labor. So uh, ultimately, under slavery, any labor that's going on in there is connected to slavery, you know, as we know. So, on the one hand, certainly there's that. But, you know, we've been doing so much research and going into the history and how all of this has developed and the, the ways and the levels of exploitation uh, on the inside. Just... Be highlighted and foregrounded, and always we, we always make sure to reflect back on that, even while we're going through and pouring over all of the, the various violences and the corruption, you know, that's involved in, and, and how heads are just being uh, worked in in the most uh, heinous and and vile ways. So it's it, it's up in slavery, but that doesn't mean that heads have that heads have to or do. And that's, that's always been the case for as long as slavery has been around, you know. But, but at the same time, we try and be extremely clear that legalized 13th Amendment prison slavery exploitation is, is not labor in the traditional sense. And, you know, we, we really try and demystify these, these talking points that get put out there and this propaganda that gets put out there as though, okay, we're exploiting these heads in order for them to, you know. Or because it's good for their character or what have you. We know that that's always, again, you know, since slavery's been around and, and, and the ways that, that slavers try and flip everything on its head to make it seem like they're being benevolent to the heads that they're
1: You know, I heard from New York when the Governor was bragging about how the prisoners are going to make the hand sanitizers for so much less money than they would normally have to pay for it, and that they have it out uh in their factories and be distributed to New Yorkers, which they did <coughs> excuse me they <coughs> <coughs> sorry about that, they did distribute them to New Yorkers, the hand sanitizer, and that is slavery uh just me speaking the way. The line I see, and it's so very complex, but the clearest line I see is commercial use. If you're involved in any product, goods, or service that is commercial use, whether it's answering phones or calling for a politician like prisoners do or answering phones for AT&T or uh, working at Levi jeans or whatever the heck it is they got you doing, if that, you're doing that, that's slavery because your goods and services are being sold on the international market. But on the other hand, there's instances where they're taking care of themselves the best way that they can. So whether they're cooking or cleaning or laundry, they should be getting minimum wage at the least for that because they have bills and expenses just like everybody else. So there's prisoners who have nothing to do all day long and they, they, they literally will fight you over five cents an hour doing something. But give them a chance to earn some money for the future when they get out because most prisoners eventually get out. So give them a chance to earn some income for that, to pay their expenses, to take care of their family who are suffering. And I, I see that as kind of a difference. What do you think, Aliana? Al- Al- Alania?
10: <laughs> it would know, like Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, uh, it's okay. Um, yeah, so we, in our conversations, we always um, try to think through, like, the different buckets of labor. So we have laboratory labor have the industry the prison slavery and then there's like that inky like labor so the the very the very things you mentioned um and how um they are required for people to like survive inside and and that's very real like i I think that um it is part of like a very complex uh, conversation to be able to involve the people on the outside that perpetuate that other type of labor, like that create a demand for that type of labor does impact the way that people inside um are able to survive as well. So it's like that conversation needs to be like centered in in whatever work we do as well. Because we even in the in on the inside, like there's there's multiple ways of looking at uh at what we're trying to do, right? Some people are concerned that that's the only income that they have inside. Like some people don't have any support from loved ones in the, on the outside, and that's very, very uh, a very real concern for them. But in terms of like commercial um, um, enslavement, lab, like labor that mm-hmm. they like that, that happens, that that is definitely where we're like honing in on, and and um, and making sure that we are holding those profiteers and those enslavers accountable and and he's part of the pressure, right? So
5: Yes. Okay, okay right. We're, okay, we're so ahead. I have a I have a question as well. You guys can hear me, right?
1: Yes, yes, yes go ahead. Oh,
5: yes. okay, just double checking. So my question is uh regarding the prison stocks. You know, when we talk about Corrections Corporation of America or Core Civic or G4S, and we know these stocks exist within many people's 401k programs. And the value of these companies is based on the number of bodies within their system, whether or not they're working. So just the mere fact of someone being in a facility controlled by these companies is carries value. So I'd like to hear, you know, your stance on that as well. And I'll pose that to tag and Adiana, Adiana. I hope I'm Ileana, saying it right? correct.
1: Iliana. right? Ileana, like,
5: in,
10: like Diana yeah. in Spanish. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Okay. Diana. I, oh, <laughs> Diana, Diana. Okay.
10: Deana. Yes. I'd love to hear from able, both oh,
1: of you.
0: Bad too. Yeah.
1: Diana. Okay.
7: Yeah. So I'll, I'll start on this. It's, it's a mad important area, right? And we know the, the right history of the stock exchange itself, you know, and the, the various connections to the longer term enslavement, especially of African descended people as regards that whole, uh, development you know of the stock exchange, that whole space, and of course at the same t- at, of course what you're talking about as far as the these, these uh, prices and and the fact that you know people are very callously making financial calculations based on uh, ruining lives and families and enslaving people right so so absolutely and this is this is another important area of of work, and it's something that we do. Examine, And as this project moves along, ideally we'll be able to uh, be in a position to, uh, you know, see some of those stocks uh, plummet, you know, as we did at least briefly with the private prison, you know, uh, when, when for a second there, it seemed as though that was going to, that was going to be done away with. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, I see that as absolutely an expression of this flavors logic. And the slaver mentality of I forget I don't know remember the exact uh, quote, but from Frederick Douglass saying, you know, when they see one of us, they've got dollar signs in their eyes. You know, that's that's the logic of these slavers. So if yes, yeah, if, if they can exploit the stock exchange off of bodies and so-called beds and, and and abstract human beings from from their humanity into this corporate logic, they're they're going to do it. And it's one of the many pillars of this. Uh, you know, enslavement juggernaut that, that uh, ideally and seemingly is on its way down with, with uh, a lot of these developments that, that heads have in the work and, you know, have been working on for all these years. So, yeah, I see that as one of the many expressions of it. And with this project and, and with others, we see we see the, the potential to uh, get at some of those vulnerabilities. You know, stock stock prices often are in large part, Hinge, hinging on, uh, you know, public the the public opinion of, of that particular company corporation what have you. So if we can if we can you know do our part to help shift that public opinion away from slavery uh, and and against these enslavers, ideally you know it'll hit them where where they seem to really care, uh, you know, in, in their purse strings so to speak.
1: Yusuf.
5: Yeah, that's really awesome and uh Diana, is there anything that you'd like to add to that?
10: Yeah, I mean part of the, the ongoing work that we're trying to do is like to work with people like is similar to to what the abolitionist network is um trying to do. Um uh, I don't know if I got that name right. But we're definitely Abolish Slavery National, a... National <laughs> Network. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um and and we like this is something that is we know is, is it it's gonna take all of us to to fight. And and this long term work needs to to welcome localities, you know, like different um different geographies and we know that geography by geography everything looks different and But, um, and then there might be other different profiteers and corporations that can be targeted. So, the platform of the prison made, like non prison made uh, objects, not prison made objects, um, really tries to um, be a platform, it's trying to be a platform for different groups to identify and work in, and so we can work together to target profiteers. And our most recent ones was um, Global Tell Link, which is the the telecom, uh, sure. uh, the technology, um, the telecommunications technology, uh, platform that uh is used to call, um, to do like visitation management software and case and like different programming, and it it um it was one of it was our first profiteer that we did, um, and and really like trying to to. You know, showcase them and for the for the profits here that they are and impact whatever you know plants they have and dollar signs they see when they see us, right? So, um, and also because it is something that uh, GTL impacts us on the outside as well, because every time we need to talk to our loved ones, we are, we are being we also have dollar signs on the outside, so we need to make those links and and really the the. Pmo platform wants to be able to to lend that as a platform for other inside outside abolitionist prison support groups. So um, and we're also um, we've been sending inside a survey for uh, within the local uh, New York area for our our comrades and our contacts. Um, but we also know that that there's a lot of challenges in being able to to Partaking something like that because of, of retaliation and censorship that happens. So we're trying to find different ways, like for myself, like trying to talk to my family in my communication subtly about the questions we have and and letting them know why this is important, right? So uh, I've been having those same conversations about labor inside with them because they also they are concerned, you know, like what happens if I can't work, right? Uh, which which was a thing that came up for them with COVID, because they couldn't work, right? So, um, yeah. So there, it's very real. So we're th- this is a platform for us to like, also um, utilize. You know?
1: Yes, yes. And right. I want our listeners please go to prisonmadeobjects.info and uh, see what you can do to help participate. Uh, All these groups are coming together under the same banner Abolish slavery, you know what I mean? These are all the aspects of slavery And I would uh, also suggest that Tag, uh, you and Deanna uh, Make sure you join the Abolish Slavery National Network, which is at AbolishSlavery.us That's AbolishSlavery.us And there's the Free the 13th movement Going on right now with various groups Who are involved in prison Abolition and justice reform and slavery abolition are all coming together for the same thing they try to get this done in slavery so if you want to get involved with that that door is open as well i'd like to give you the opportunity to make some closing comments and then we're going to go into our music break and our final segments for the evening uh so tag list start with you uh in closing comments or something you want to tell the audience before you go
7: no question. Much appreciated. I'll keep it as concise as I can. I just want to, you know, send a salute out to, to y'all and what y'all are doing and all of our sisters, brothers, comrades that are doing sincere abolitionist work. And it's just incredible and encouraging to see these developments, to hear them. It was, uh, you know, hearing the live from the plantation and just that direct from the inside uh, broadcasting work that that inside journalism, uh, and I I want to just uh, give out the email address for those that are hearing this now, or perhaps will hear it later. Uh, we're at prisonmadeobjects at protonmail dot com. Uh, those on the inside and and their loved ones, you know, especially, but anyone that is interested and committed to doing this work, uh, we we really would uh, welcome y'all's participation. We're, we're continuing to develop uh, targets behind this work to make sure that corporations like GTL and their ilk are exposed for what they are. And I want to also just really shout out uh, our brother, Brother Jaleel Muntakim, uh, mm-hmm. a freedom fighter, you know, who's been on the inside going on 50 years uh, and, and has really just put his entire life you know, um, on on the line and, you know, behind this abolitionist work and and was one of the early uh, individuals to really help to expose the 13th Amendment um, back in the 70s. And, and, you know, he he just recently went up for uh, parole again. So, you know, our thoughts are are truly with him right now that he can finally come home after all these decades. And also our comrade uh, Just, who's facing uh, serious repression right now, for trying to expose these same these
1: same issues. Thank you, brother. Uh, also reminds me, today is Lee Wood's birthday from the people back in the 70s that started this. So he was one of them. So happy birthday, Lee Woods. Mm. Di- uh, happy Deanna, birthday, would, like, Lee. would you like to make any closing comments, Deanna?
5: Did we you lose our
10: Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to say <laughs> shout out to to all the work, like important, like, Education and truth, uh, work that is happening um, these days. Uh, it's really inspiring to see just new generations like continuing this conversation and like, just like really listening to to going like listening to 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 different accounts from before and and, and the words from people on the inside. Um, yeah, and and I, I, and to and, and 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 really to remember that we. We like that piece on like speaking truth, like is really powerful, and and I'm gonna check out that that guidance on how to talk about. Um, <laughs> about awesome, awesome. Yeah, you you mentioned like I'm like definitely mm-hmm. like looking into resources that are abolitionists and and uh, and like for folks on the uh, that have family on the outside to to share things like that to folks on the inside. I know when we started the study group in in NYZ. Um we We send it to comrades, right, but I have family in Arizona and California that are inside, and I would send them to them too, and they were just like they just they they need that too don 't assume like that they they have it everywhere because there's a lot of of um there's a lot of people who don't have access to that so if you have loved ones on the outside um on the inside, I mean um please share some resources, some word from and guidance um, for
1: them As well Well, Thank you so them. much for thank being you for here that. with us today Indeed, uh, Tag and Deanna We much appreciate the work you're doing We're here to support And we okay. hope to hear from you again on Abolition Today uh, I'm going to end up Muting you now, but if you don't have Anything else to do, feel free to continue listening To the rest of the broadcast we got some jewels ahead of us Before we call it a night So thank you both so much uh, We're going to go into our music break And before we go into the music break, I do want to read a quote, okay? So, you know, we're supposed to remember certain dates, September 11th being one of them. So let's remember September 11th. September 11th, 1861, President Lincoln orders John C. Fremont to rescind his orders freeing some slaves in Missouri and issues a new order conforming to the Confiscation Act passed by Congress. Lincoln was the great betrayer and did so over and over. The reason prisoners are called state property is partially because of this. It says, with respect to slaves, the act authorized court proceedings to strip their owners of any claim to them, but did not clarify whether the slaves were free. As a result of this ambiguity, these slaves came under union lines as property in the care of the U.S. government. In response to this situation, General David Hunter, the Union Army military commander of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, issued General Order Number 11, freeing all slaves in areas under his command. Upon hearing of Hunter's action one week later, Lincoln immediately countermanded the order, thus returning the enslaved to their former status as properties of the federal government. We'll be right back after this music break. Abolition. I am not a god
3: in the sense that I can tolerate exploitation, oppression, and repression. My worshippers know freedom ain't free. They know the most potent weapon of control for the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. They know slavery is not a condition. Slavery is a cult. Human
2: trafficking
3: is a cult. Laser gotta rebrand like motherfucking the alt-right and snatch. Another one. Every thirty seconds another chocolate brown caramel yellow high yellow red-bone refugee girl with melanin in her skin gets worse, these dazzling new plantation owners built a pipeline to take our children from school to prison quicker than a cut can bleed. And the lucky ones go from school to the NFL, where they don't even let them niggas take a knee. They've been programmed from birth with shitty food options, contaminated drinking water, gun violence, police brutality, and trauma after trauma after trauma. PTSD, no therapy. Missing, no Amber Alert. Alone. I'm never. Alone. I'm never alone. I can you, brother.
4: Together, we can change the world forever. Shout out to my people like Jason Jones, creating change forever. There's multiple ways to break the mold and break these chains for real. Shout out to my people like Adnan Khan, that's changing the way we see. First, watch how we restore what it means to be a human being. Shout out to my people like Antoine Williams He told me we gon' change the world by changing the way people think Bro, brilliant These are the type of people that feel my resilience These are the type of people that will make a difference I think the world'll be different in much better ways in the future that's not so distant So one day, yeah,
11: everything gon' change No life, from feeling like a slave Waiting to be saved to set free Oh, one day, yeah, everything gon' change We'll no longer be slaves We're all
4: on our way to be free, yeah Whoa, went from in the to criminals Pitiful, new Jim Crow Ostracized, dehumanized from locked to side Prison and no put bro and slavery was never abolished, but did you? No, know? it was just remodified and modernized by design. My few can grow. Read that 13th Amendment is critical. Poison is like a chemics, Chemicals. That's what transition the labels. Now they changed the language. The new weapon word is criminal. People subliminal. Someone that sees back in slaves, back in chains, back in the field, back where blacks became part of America, according to U.S. history. But it's no mystery. They to slaves and like empathy, but it's a trip to see. These days they're doing the same thing, just not in the
11: same ways. It's a
4: shame. But to be honest, it's bigger than black and white, despite the fact if you black is so hard to fight. Let's bring the light, was becoming a global task, suppressing a lesser social class. I remember I had a convo with David Dizzy, and he was explaining that type of sociology. I swear knowledge be the most powerful thing that you could have equipped. Cause I think you combat what you don't even know exists. They won't take heed to the seeds of wisdom. Don't be a victim to the system. Together we can really make a difference. In the future that's not so distant. So one day,
11: yeah, everything gon' change. No life feeling like a slave, waiting to be saved to set free. Oh, one day, yeah. yeah.
0: Abolition. Abolition.
4: Today. By the way, the fade away is me.
1: You just heard uh, Max Mix Music Break featuring American Gods Orlando Jones as Mr. Nancy doing Slavery is a cult. Followed by Eric Maserati E. Eric Crombie doing One Day. I heard that young brother do that recently at an event which was hosted by uh, Jamelia Land. And that song blew me away. So I said, we definitely got to play it on air. So honor to the brother and appreciation. You sir?
5: Absolutely. I've really enjoyed that song. And I got to get into this American Gods, because every time I turn around, you have something else that you're bringing in from that show. So I really have to look into that. Uh, you know, Max, we have uh, Josh Bowden on the line.
2: Josh Bowden, who's
5: running for Congress in uh, Utah's first district in 2022. He's a slavery abolitionist, and we're going to bring him on for a few moments, but we're also going to have him on as a special guest next week. So without further ado, Josh, I'm going to unmute you, and welcome to the show.
12: Hey, how's it going, guys? Great, great, great to have you here great to be here.
1: <laughs> Man, I, I read your tweet, and I was like, oh, bro, <laughs> we got another <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, and, and then it was really nice to know that you've already got a support group that you can tap into that you weren't even aware of. So out there in Utah, Representative uh, Holland, Sandra, Hollis, Sandra is Hollis, part of part of the Abolish Slavery National Network. Tell us oh, a little yeah. bit about yourself yeah, awesome. real quick. If you don't mind, just a little bit about what you're running on.
12: Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so just a l- little bit of background on myself. So when I was in middle school and high school, um, I dealt <laughs> with bullying a lot. And, you know, going through all of that, you know, I, I realized early on in my, you know, childhood, like what an imbalance of power can do and what a, and, you know, just how terrifying it can be to be in a position where, you know, you're – kind of powerless to do anything about the situation. And as I was growing up, my dad always taught me, you know, if something doesn't seem right, you should follow the money. You should always question authority, question people who hold power. And so when activists are out there in the streets and they're chanting, they're marching and they're, they're writing stories. And they're sharing their stories about the state using their violence to control people, to lock them up. And, then I also realized that it's also a racist system. It kind of, it brings back all those memories of myself being bullied, you know. And so the way I see it, the state is a bully. And my my whole platform more or less revolves around getting the state not only out of our lives, but, you know, taking the fight to them in a way that's going to be restorative to us, you know, as a whole people and get us all on a level playing field with each other. Because, you know, if it weren't for other people stepping in to help me out, you know sharing their knowledge their advice and their skill with me i probably wouldn't have been able to stand up for myself to those bullies i figure government it's their job to protect people it's their job to stand up for vulnerable people and you know we've had 400 years to fix this so <laughs> it's time to it's time to get it done okay.
1: Indeed, thank you so much, brother uh, We are going to have you in next week From what I understand, as a guest co-host You know, whenever we have somebody running for office We bring you in as a guest co-host So you can spend as much of the show as you want with us And talk about the issues right along with us As a fellow abolitionist um, We, uh, it, It's a good way, you know And we are looking forward to that happening next week Oh yeah, me too Awesome, in the meantime Where can people go to check you out?
12: Uh, so I do have a website. It's uh, com. The the four is the number. Uh, so yeah, com. I'm also on Twitter at Bowden for Congress. And I have a Facebook as well, which is also Bowden for Congress.
1: <laughs> Bowden for Congress, y'all. Check it out. We got another one. <laughs> We're becoming an army. We're becoming an army. Watch out. Freedom is coming. Woo. All right. Uh, it's coming. So we'll talk to you next week. Hey, I, I want to ask you one quick question. Have you been on for a while? Sorry, what was that? Have you been on, the, on a, listening for a while?
12: Yeah, yeah, I've been listening for quite a bit.
1: Do we get a thumbs up? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs>
12: all right. All right. No <laughs> Big <laughs> thumbs you. up to you guys. Appreciate Big thumbs that. up.
1: We just got our endorsement Thank you. from uh, <laughs> Josh Bowden. Check him out uh, in his congressional run. We'll talk to you next week, Josh. Peace. Talk to you guys later. All right, if right, you, anybody have a good else night. is on the line and you want to make a question or comment, hopefully somebody from uh live from the plantation will call call it. Uh just press the number 1 on your keyboard so that we know you want to make a question or comment. Uh if not, Yusuf then we'll prepare to go ahead and start talking about that uh issue with disenfranchisement that's happening in Florida.
5: Okay. Let me see. I haven't seen anyone raise their hand.
1: Yeah, me either. Yeah, so go ahead with that. I watch the board. Do you want to start?
5: You know, I always defer to you, Max. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, but you know what? Uh, I'll I'll start. I'll start, and you can back clean up this time. Okay. And so for the yeah, for those who aren't familiar with felony disenfranchisement. It's just basically most states have on their books where once a person is convicted of a crime, then as long as they are confined or on parole or probation, they can no longer vote. And in some states that permit it, that it doesn't end even after the person has completed their sentence, completed any parole or probation, paid their fines off, whatever, they still not vote. And we know in Florida, there was a large group that sued on behalf of those who were subjected to felony disenfranchisement, and they originally had won a reprieve, and then it was changed to where, okay, you can't vote until you pay off your fines. That was the next iteration of it. They found another loophole to keep people from being able to vote, and then – LeBron James and a few others created an organization where they were going to start paying off the fines so that people can become re-enfranchised, there's no such word but that's what it would be that they, I guess, all of a sudden gain their citizenship back from being just state property and so I'm not really up on the situation with Val Hemings. I saw something briefly this week so I'll call in my cleanup hitter for that one. So help me out, that, right.
1: Max. <clears throat> well, let me start like this: felony disenfranchisement laws are unconstitutional, directly violating the Fifteenth Amendment. The Fifteenth Amendment to the Constitution granted African American men the right to vote by declaring that the rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color. Or previous conditions of servitude, now, according to the Thirteenth Amendment, anybody who's been cars- has been convicted uh, is uh, under slavery and involuntary servitude that is previous conditions of servitude. so there's no question about it. The amendment specifically applies to prisoners, indentured servants, and slaves, or previous conditions of servitude. So you mentioned yeah. what is going out um, with Florida as a reply to the governor using this poll tax in order to prevent nearly a million people from voting well back uh, in 2018 amendment 4 gave the voting rights back to those who had been disenfranchised through felony convictions so now after the government's move the governor's move uh, Deming's uh, bill which is house resolution 8101 was filed in late August it seeks to do what amendment 4 backers have been fighting for in The Florida legislation and in court since Florida voters approved that measure in 2018, restoration of voting rights, at least in federal elections, to people whom activists such as Desmond Mead call returning citizens. At issue in the Florida case is whether the amendment's requirement that felons complete all their court-ordered obligations should include fines, fees, and restitutions. Advocates say those monetary sums can be out of reach for many felons struggling to put their lives together after serving prison sentences. So she's uh, pushing this forward, and it said Friday's 200 page ruling, delivered on a 64 vote, concluded that the Constitution's due process clause was not violated by the passage of the law implementing Amendment 4. So, you know, giving them their rights back is right. That's, that doesn't violate the Constitution. But preventing them from voting through some kind of monetary gain that this needs to have before they can vote is a poll tax, and it's illegal and unconstitutional. And it's traditional racist white supremacist uh, tactics to use on the black and brown communities. Yusuf,
5: you're absolutely right, Max. You know, it's just modern day poll tax. You know, just as slavery has always found a way to reinvent itself or those who practice it always find a way to reinvent themselves and all of the other practices that have come along with it have been reinvented we just heard from tag and diana of how you know when they're talking about the prison labor and how you know companies are being forced to use prison labor to produce products then you know, we're just looking at unicorn all over again, or when we hear of the, those confined down in Louisiana State Prison, you know, being forced at gunpoint to go to work, you know, we're listening to, you know, many of the other things that, when we talk about uh, the convict leasing or things of that nature, we're just seeing it all over again, so it's just, Everything just repeating itself, you know, with PG-13, so I'm not going to say my favorite phrase of yours, you know, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just history repeating itself. I'll just leave it at that, and if you don't mind, while we're in Florida, we're discussing Florida, you know, a, a very disturbing News report came out of Pasco County, Florida this week, detailing a sheriff's department that uses a crime-predicting algorithm. The report from the Tampa Bay Times alleged that the department generated list of people likely to commit crime based on past interactions with law enforcement. According to the report, the algorithm has led to harassment of local children and their families by police. The algorithm was the brainchild of Pasco County Sheriff Chris Noco, who touted the program during his 2011 campaign for the position. The department refers to the program as intelligence-led policing, or ILP. Instead of being reactive, we're being proactive. That's what he's saying of the plan. But Some citizens have come forward with stories of disproportionate harassment and abuse of people who make the list, many of whom were minors with as little as one prior offense. (laughs) Now listen to this, Max. There's one such target was 15-year-old Rio Wajtecki, who had been charged with stealing motorbikes in 2018. A year later, while Wajtecki continued serving a probation sentence for the crime, his name appeared in the top five list of prolific offenders in the area. As a result, Officers reportedly visited his home 21 times between September 2019 and January 2020. Often acknowledging that the boy was not in trouble, the officers nevertheless questioned him on several occasions. Remember, we're talking about a minor. The department didn't just settle for home check-ins either. They reportedly visited his mother's workplace, his friend's house, and the gym he goes to asking about him. One night, an officer pounded on the door of his home when only his sisters were home. Critics have also pointed out the criteria used to determine who gets put on the list of prolific offenders. The Tampa Bay Times reports that names are weighted according to a point system. Names that appear most often in police reports receive more points, making them candidates for the list. However, the system reportedly assigns points to any name that appears on a report including suspects who were later acquitted. And a University of Texas sociology professor, Sarah Brian pointed out there are no specific rules for designating someone as a suspect. Other experts took issue with the department's assertion that the system eliminates bias by focusing purely on crime data. And we know that's a lie, of course. So that's something that I just wanted to bring up since we were already in Florida. Uh, you have anything else? go well, What do you yeah. think about that story?
1: I think you covered it pretty well. I okay. mean, it, it, it's <laughs> right there. They're using these algorithms to uh, go out there and target people, some of them who have, as you said, minors with one uh, charge on them. And from what I read recently, those people are being harassed by the police now. They've never committed a crime, right. but... What's that movie that they had about with pre crimes and whatnot? You know, that's what we're yeah, The Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Minority Report. And these programs are inherently racist because they're designed by racists. If you watch Do Not Resist, you'll hear from the creators themselves where they say, uh, and I can almost say this verbatim we're at a stage now where we can determine, with a 50% margin, whether or not your unborn child will be a murderer. Now, what do we do with that information? That's where they're at with it. Mm. So, yeah. Beware. Um, I got a couple of news things that I want to shoot out there real quick before we get into our final okay. segments. Uh, one, as always, the prison industry is making money. Uh, Core Civic has made 40% more profit this year in 2020 than it did in 2019 without a pandemic. And we all know why. There's at least 75,000 inmates in uh, our prisons now that have been infected with COVID, and more than 600 have died, and that's according to the New York Times. It, it, it's everything they said it would be. The other story that I want to throw out there is the uh, CBS came out with this this amazing interact, uh, website with the list of every single black person that's been killed by police in 2020. Not only their names, but the stories behind their deaths. And this is what we talk about. Uh, So let me read one story for you. You probably heard it before, but it's one of 164 that have been killed just in the first eight months of 2020. Uh, His name was William Howard Green Jr. It happened the 27th of January, marlin heights maryland and according to cbs affiliate WUSA, 43 year old william howard green was fatally shot by a prince george county police officer while he was handcuffed police said that the officer was responding to a 911 call alleging a male driver struck multiple cars along the road the officer was told at the scene that green was asleep in his car the officer then took him out handcuffed him and put him in the front seat of the police cruiser police said minutes later a second officer heard gunshots and found that green had been shot seven times he later died in the hospital Mm. sleeping in the car snatched him out put him in the front seat of the police car and shot him seven times while he was handcuffed you read all these stories so don't just say their name tell their story um the other thing real quick that came out is harvard university Spent four years and a whole bunch of money To figure out that uh, Well let me read the title A judge asked Harvard to find out why So many black residents are in prison Guess what they found Racism The only reason is racism But that's what Harvard says Racism is the only reason Nah Slavery is the reason Racism is the vehicle through which it happens Traditionally
5: You're right on point with that Max it always comes down to slavery. Everything else that someone can mention is just a symptom of the larger picture. Slavery is it. So, everything that they mention beyond slavery is them just putting a band aid on something that needs, you know, really extensive surgery.
1: And they even sounded like they were quoting us, <laughs> you know, from the uh, America is Ferguson series. They said, white people make up roughly 74% of Massachusetts' population while accounting for 58.7% of cases in our data. The study explained meanwhile, black people make up just 6.5% of the Massachusetts population and account for 17.1% of the cases. I mean, the numbers don't lie. They're right there in every state in this union if you just look. Just like you find out 90% of the sheriffs are white. 95% of the prosecutors Prosecutorial pool are white. Eighty-three percent of them are white men. If you just go in any court in America, you're very likely to see a room full of black and brown defendants and a whole bunch of white people with uniforms on or dresses or robes. <laughs> anyway, my rant's over. Can't That's argue it right there. That. That's yeah, it right can't there. Argue with that. We are. Uh, we coming to the you... part where we to sum up the the program for the evening and some walkaway information. Uh, you want to do that?
5: It's, I'll let you do it this time. <laughs> alright,
0: alright.
1: Well, just a <laughs> short summation, man. We covered a few things. I'm so grateful for uh, Tag and Deanna to call in and share the work that they're doing. Uh, and make sure you get in contact with them at prismaidobjects.info or prismaidobjects at Protonmail.com. You know, uh, get involved. People, we need you to get involved. So I'm grateful for them, uh, indeed, and also for Josh Bowden, who's going to be our guest next week, and all the music and the artists that was involved in making tonight's program possible. Those, uh, you know, basically premieres here at Abolition Today of abolition music. Uh, You should certainly want to check us out on YouTube and click the playlist that says Abolitionist Music. You'll love it. Uh, indeed. Uh, we covered a, some important content, but as always, it's never enough time. You see, we say that every week. It's never enough time. We could just take one of these right. stories and no make a whole program time. about it. Uh, I was telling somebody today that it's time for an entire network of abolition, where you know, we're covering every aspect, not just news and music, but entertainment and history and everything with from people who are abolitionists, rather than mixing it all the time. So I think that we, we can manage that as a As a movement. So today's summation is we trade a lot of ink for blood, whether it be black codes or plea bargains or court orders or uh, anything that our politicians, police all sign in order to make this happen to us. It's blood that we give at the end, and lives and treasures. And if we ever had the chance to free all those people and stop that bleeding and theft of treasures, we could turn this entire country around. So that's the summation Walkaway information is We gave you a lot of information to follow in the very beginning Things that are happening day after day after day A lot of groups and organizations If you don't remember anything Make sure you go to abolishslavery.us And join up there as an individual as, Or as a group And if you need that video Of Dennis Fivo breaking down the five steps To inserting Anti-slavery language into your state constitution Reach out to us uh, We'll provide that to you uh, and I guess that's it. You, should...
5: you did excellent, Max, and I know that that was off the top of your head. Yes. So when it comes to you giving the summation with the situation at Harvard, yeah, you'll have no problem with it
2: <laughs>
5: because you gave a summation just now as if you were reading it off of a piece of paper, but I know no. you did it off the top of your head. You know, you do, you do, you're know, you a Smith, so I applaud you for that. I'm definitely grateful for our three guests that we had on this evening. And we can go into our final segment only because we're short on time. We can,
1: uh, uh, we, we can mention our sponsors close and, and close do close our closing quotes. Okay. We can mention the sponsors. Sure. So,
5: yeah, I definitely would like to mention our sponsors and partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak. I Am We Prison Advocacy Network, SAMA Urge, The Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, The Paul cuffey Abolitionist, Abolitionist Center, and Prismatic Dreams. So we thank you all for your continuous support. I also just also would like to give a reminder to tune in to Live from the Plantation Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, where you'll hear from those that are currently enslaved within the prison system in the united states so definitely mark your calendars for that get used to that it's also available on all of our networks uh the last broadcast for those who've missed it so you can tune in to spotify stitcher apple podcast cast fm or abolitiontoday.org to check out our archives so max we can go into our closing quotes and we can start with you
1: All right, brother. Sounds good. So with that, I'm going to add okay. my book to at the end. Uh, here's my quote for this week. Thus far, I had outwitted him, and I triumphed over it. Who can blame slaves for being cunning? They're constantly compelled to resort to it. It is the only weapon of the weak and oppressed against the strength of their tyrants. Harriet and Jacob's Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl, a book I highly recommend that you read. And the audio book is available at our YouTube page, Abolition Today, under Abolitionist Audiobooks. You could have been anywhere, but you was here with us today. We really appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next week with our interview with uh, Josh Bowden, and we'll have him in as our guest host for the evening. Uh, Peace, Yusuf. Peace to the listeners. Peace to the callers. Peace.
5: Thank you very much, Max. Uh, My closing quote is... Now I've been free. I know what a dreadful condition slavery is. I have seen hundreds of escaped slaves, but I never saw one who was willing to go back and be a slave. And that's from Harriet Tubman. We're going into our final segment, the Bridging the Gap segment, where we have legendary comedian Richard Pryor and world champion boxer Muhammad Ali Read poems in dedication to the September 9th Attica Massacre, followed by Willie and West Attica Massacre. We'll be back September 20th, inshallah, God willing. And until then, remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us and subscribe to our YouTube today YouTube channel Abolition Today for all the news, information, and music you hear on this program. Until next week, think about abolition. Think about abolition today. Peace.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
13: Here is Richard Pryor from his live broadcast of September 15th. It's uh, really uh, hard to be funny when, you know, what's went down at uh, Attica, you know, really upsets me. And, you know, a lot of people talking about it. And I'm I'm kind of uptight to talk about it or say anything that I really feel about it. But I have understanding, you know. <clears throat> what I dislike very much is that they're trying to insult our intelligence by trying to make us think we ought to do something about it or that they think they are going to do something about it, which is absolutely nothing. But they're doing a number. You know, on the uh, news, the commercial news, as it were, you know, they told a lie now they... You know, they got to deal with it, because I know every nigger knows what happens, but people don't really care about it, you know. I wrote something about it. I'm a comedian. I wrote a little comedy, and i like to uh, read something to you. Murder the dogs, the mad frothing-at-the-mouth dogs with expensive capped teeth and fat bellies full of baby starving. No, don't wait until they die. Kill them now because if you let them live and die a natural death, you'll be bitten and left to die in agony. And the mad dog, Pack, will then sniff out and search for your children to eat, eat whole, flesh, bones, and soul. These beasts will then retort the ones they have not eaten in their schools of unlearning. They will teach you, they will teach your children to do their hunting and capture their own, to bring to them to devour and the dog, the mad dog, will end up patting you on the head and throwing you a bone. Could you, before we go, just say that poem, Forrest?
6: Oh, this poem uh, explains uh, the Attica prison. You heard that over here when all the black prisoners were shot and just before they had held some white hostages and they said they would cut the throats if they didn't get what they wanted. And the words was, well, if the throats are cut, then shoot and kill everybody. They found out during the autopsy that the folks were not cut. They just shot them for nothing. They trigger a policeman. And that Rockefeller gave word, 10 minutes or so, if they don't give up, I think it's the way it went, open fire. And one black prisoner came out to speak to the warden. and He said, you have 10 minutes to surrender. What's your reply? We're going to come in shooting. And the black prisoner came out poetic poem. This didn't happen, but this is what I wrote. He said, "'Better far from all I see, to die fighting to be free, what more fitting in could be? Better surely than in some bed, where in broken health I'm led, lingering until I'm dead. Better than with prayers and pleas, are in the clutch of some disease.' Wasting slowly by degrees Better than of heart attack Or some dose of drug I lack Let me die by being black Better far that I should go Standing here against the foe Is the sweeter death to know Better than the bloody stain On some highway where I'm lain Torn by flying glass and pain Better call in death to come Than to die another dumb Muted victim in the slum Better than of this prison rot If there's any choice I've got Kill me here on the spot Better far my fight to wage Now while my blood boils with rage Lest it cool with ancient age Better violent for us to die Than to uncle Tom and try Making peace just to live a lie Better now that I say my sooth. I'm gonna die demanding truth While I'm still akin to youth Better now than later on Now that fear of death is gone Never mind another darn They opened fire on them But they died telling it like it was Abolition Abolition,
2: Abolition. 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 i